This episode is brought to you by Novella Mattresses. I watch shows like My 600 Pound Life all the time, and I see those people who are bedridden. If you were bedridden, would you want to live your entire life on an uncomfortable mattress? I think the answer is a solid no. That's why you need a mattress from Novilla. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress, perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced between $179 and $369.99. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. Ever since I got this mattress, I've been struggling to get out of bed in the morning because it's so comfortable. Even Frank loves it as it's his favorite bed in the house. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Become just like Grandpa Joe on a Novilla mattress. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. And a reminder, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. Once and for all, hello, my fellow Schwoke Lords. What is up? Welcome to yet another episode of Cancel Sweezy, our best episode ever, our last episode ever of 2021. We are getting ready to uh, end this year with a blast. If the green screen's all working correctly, you're seeing fireworks behind me for the video watchers. And if you're not a video watcher, you are hearing the sound of my voice, which is that, and you're about to hear Ed Asner. That's my hole. That's where it spits. So welcome to the show today, once and for all, our last episode of the year. Finished off our Christmas series. We're on to our, uh, our last episode of the year series, which is just this episode. There is going to be no other, uh, it's going to be no other ones. It's just going to be, just going to be this. So, thank you so much. Uh, you're here at the show, and I, I welcome you. Cancel Sweezy, for those of you who know, is the podcast where we're just built a little bit different. Um, we're built different, and uh, that's a fact. That's something you need to keep in mind. Uh, something now and forever and always. And uh, don't come at me, bro. Pretty bold of you little fucks to assume that I'm not God. So, welcome to the show today. Thank you uh, so much. We're built different here. Uh, this show, we are built different. So, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, first of all, I just wanted to say, uh, go check out my music out on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Deezer, wherever you are uh, streaming music these days. I will be there. I'll be there. Uh, great way to tell. Let me know. Thank you for being a friend. I just want you to go check that out. I work really hard on the music, and I just want you to uh, know that I am here for you. Uh, for whatever you do and whenever you do it in the music that will make you into a proper woman. Let's go full throttle or a, feel like a woman, a real woman. I just want to make you feel like a real woman when you listen to the show. So go check it out. It's all under Shweezy. Um, other stuff, you can always go check me out on social media. That's at the Shweezy, at T-H-E-S-C-H-W-E-E-Z-Y. So it's two words, the, and then Shweezy, my name. Uh, go check that out. Follow me everywhere. That is Instagram, that is Twitter, that is Facebook, and TikTok, and other places, I think. But those are the ones I'm using mostly these days. I've been trying to use a lot more TikTok. Uh, TikTok on the clock, because the party don't stop. Um, I'm hearing planes fly over me. It's so fucking hot uh, right now. And I was like, I don't want to turn on the AC, but I don't want to do anything. Hopefully, like, the fan noise. I'm not hearing it through the mic right now. 
not hearing it that much, not more than usual, but uh, hopefully that I can't, I have to have it on. So hopefully it doesn't interfere uh, with your podcast experience with the mic. You, you're not going to see it. It's going to be out of frame uh, with the power of green screen. Uh, so yeah, no, I think it's going to be great. Um, you can always go check out my music and social media. And on, uh, I've been, I stream on Twitch. I think I'm going to not do it tomorrow as this episode's coming out, but hopefully I'll be back soon. Um, and uh, in all of that, uh, what we will do is I usually just play video games and stuff like that. It's been a lot of fun, and I hope you enjoy me. Sometimes I get the boys on here, and we go full throttle. Uh, Feel like a woman, a real woman. And I pressed the wrong one. Let's go full throttle. We go full throttle on it, so we can get that. If you have an uh, Amazon Prime account, you can connect it to your Twitch account. You get a Twitch Prime, one free subscribe, different from the follows. Follows are free like every social media site. Subscribes help financially support uh, your favorite streamer, and so why not help out Daddy? <sighs> And a uh, dog is running around here. Frank, down. Down, Frank. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, so that. And you can also financially help support me on Patreon. Patreon, uh, doing that. I'm going to believe I'm setting up some new things with how I'm going to run the Patreon. But uh, anything you do over there is a great way to say thank you for being a friend and like that. But uh, also, you can do all the free shit. Um, Free shit being including if you're watching the show on YouTube, you get a look at my beautiful, beautiful face. You know, I'm peak, I'm peak fitness, peak beauty. And uh, like I said, we're built different here. Uh, I'm built different. And uh, if you don't, no one gets that reference. Um, some people get it. I don't, I think mine might be slightly different from everyone else. There was this guy who like cracks an egg with his biceps on the internet. And he's like, I'm built different. And then, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to offend anyone here, but the smallest woman I have ever seen as an adult, not a child, as an adult does the same exact thing, but like she's like noticeably small. No shame in that. I'm just saying uh, she was also built different. So we're all built different. Uh, that's everything. So um, like you said, you can go like the show on YouTube, subscribe to the show. We post our highlights frequently uh, with the highlights. Obviously, one great thing you can do just if you don't want to watch this full show or listen to it. Maybe you're on drive right now, but and you're like, I'm going to check this out for the first time. And I'm like, well, maybe I just want little pe- bits and pieces of it. The highlights are a great way for that. And if you want to share it with a friend, be like, um, yeah, you should go check out this guy. He is so fucking handsome and uh, he deserves your love. Uh, and so yeah that's a great way to do that if you're obviously on the audio platforms what you can go ahead go and do is subscribe to the show obviously wherever you're streaming this at that's pretty easy it just notifies you anytime i go with live with a new episode and uh leave a review obviously just write some words down tell me what you think tell me your thoughts on the words and uh yeah uh, obviously a five four three two star one rating that'd be really appreciated helps us know what we need to do and how we need to do it and uh how we can be built different than everyone else in this world so uh yeah come on mark don't be stingy um so yeah i think that's all i have to say so go check that out be cool don't be stingy come on mark don't be stingy now let's get into the show like i said this is our last episode of 2021 so i got some wine here um and to that let's start off this episode right here's to feeling good all the time i Damn it, when I say that, I want to chug it, but I'm not, I don't want to chug this. I want to subtly drink this throughout the episode. And uh, I think that's going to be the thing I'm going to do. I'm going to subtly drink this throughout the episode, uh, mainly because I'm built different. Uh, yeah, we're trying to enjoy we're trying to enjoy this today, folks. We're trying to enjoy this. I'm built different. And uh, yeah, so I haven't drank in a while. I dr- last time I drank literally was last week, and I was like, how many beers can I drink before I get drunk? And um, 
I don't know if I was drunk, but I did wake up with a headache the next morning. So I think at least 12 is the is a key factor in all that. So uh, yeah, so here's to here's to feeling good uh, throughout 2022. Looks like I ended up chugging it. All right. So anyways, let's get into previous week right now. What is previous week, right? <laughs> what am I saying? <clears throat> and why does my voice sound like so hoarse? Or maybe it's just me. Maybe I always talk like this and I just now notice it. Previous week right now, if you didn't know, is the news. The real news. The real news brought to you by me. The, the news that is important, that matters, and the, mo- the news that will make you a better person. Uh, who... Uh, and if you want to know how we got the title of it, uh, it's called Previous Week Right Now because it's we're going over the previous week right now. So uh, without further ado is the words of Phil DeFranco. Let's just jump into it. So uh, anyways, um, this is from Design Boom, trusty source. Um, see here. Uh, new studies suggest that investing in Legos is more profitable than gold. From Design Boom. Toys prove to be better investments than gold. To anyone who thinks that Legos are in, are just toys for kids, <laughs> God damn it, Frank, shut the fuck up. All right, we're starting over. <laughs> Frank, shut up. Okay, we're going to start this over, folks. I'm not going to edit it out. New studies suggest investing in Legos is more profitable than gold. Toys prove to be better investments than gold. To anyone who thinks that Legos are just toys for kids, think again. A new study has found that investing in these plastic blocks will bring greater profits than if you had put them, put the same money into gold. In fact, according to researchers at the Higher School of Economy, HSE, in Moscow, prices of retired Lego sets grow by at least 11% annually, which is higher than the average returns provided by gold and larger stocks. Legos profit more than stock bonds and collectibles. Led by Associate Professor Victoria it's Russian last name, Dobrinskaya, a group of researchers at the SA. HSE University uh, explore financial returns on alternative collectible investments assets such as toys using Lego bricks as an example as specified in their study such iconic toys are with diminishing supply in high collectible value appear to yield high returns on the secondary market and looking at the prices of 2,322 Lego sets from 1987 to 2015 the team found that average returns of these sets are 10 to 11% annually and even higher if the new set was purchased on the primary market with a discount, which is more than stocks, bonds, gold, and many collectible items, such as stamps or wines, yield. Why did I pause in the middle of the sentence? Most expensive sets include the Star Wars kits and the Taj Mahal. Uh, the study also notes that there is great variation within the results, which range between negative 50% to uh, plus 600%, on an annual basis with the price of sets typically increasing two or three years after they have been withdrawn from the market. In addition, according to the researchers, the rate of small or very large sets will grow faster than medium-sized ones. The sets that see the biggest growth in value on the secondary market are thematic ones related to famous architecture, popular TV series, and movies, or holidays. In fact, the most expensive sets include the Millennium Falcon, Death Star 2, and the Imperial Star Destroyer from Star Wars, the Cafe on the Corner, and the Taj Mahal. Okay, so the Taj Mahal one, that one is just... uh, random, but I guess 
got to think, well, Legos, you know, they, they don't discriminate Legos. Legos don't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. They take and they take and they take. Uh, but also, uh, another thought um, with that is, though, I mean, Taj Mahal, that's in India. I hope I'm right when I say it's in India. Someone's going to be on my case and be like, it's wrong. It's wrong. And I'm going to be like, oh, sorry. I offended someone. I think it's in India, though. But also think about, like, I don't want to build a Lego set of the White House, but I guess the Taj Mahal is better than the White House. Let's just be honest. It's better than the White House. I mean, I don't know much about the White House, but it's like, Half where someone lives and half tourists and then other stuff. So like that. But no, I get the Star Wars stuff. I'm like, I'd love a Lego Millennium Falcon and stuff like that. You know, me and my brother played with Legos a lot as a kid. But what we would end up doing is we would like eventually just tear it. We wouldn't actually build them. We'd just like try to build our own monsters and creation out of them. And I know a friend of the show, Josh Casey, uh, he, back when he was a sermon guy, he did a sermon on... Uh, like how, like, you could build it from the set, and then my son built this, and I like this too. But also, what your son builds, Josh, as much as I love your son, um, no homo. I, why would I say that about a child? What's wrong with me? Why did I say no homo about a child? Anyways, though, um, what your child makes is not going to be as much money as this. Um, that's just a fact, and that's the way it is. Congratulations. Um, so yeah, no, I think, you know, that makes a lot of sense. It's, uh, you know, like Lego sets, I guess Lego has been around for such a long time that I guess Legos, like, especially like sets and you have the perfect set is definitely something that can be somewhat valuable. I guess it just makes sense. It's surprising that it's held its value for so much time. The trick is I want to know here. Um, so say I, I get a time machine, go back to the eighties. I buy a Lego set of the Death Star, Millennium Falcon, yada, yada, yada. And I decide to, you know, with that, with that in mind, I decide, you know, bring it back here. What would be the better option? Should I finish building the Millennium Falcon or the Death Star? Or should I just keep it in the box, keep it mint and fresh? That's always like a weird thing with items, though. Because in my mind, you know, with like records and, you know, other and video games and stuff like that, in my mind, it's like they're meant to be played. That's the thing. They're meant to be played. And, you know, now that we're in like more like video games are now like discs or cartridges if you're talking about Nintendo Switch um I don't know how long it's going to take for that shit to deteriorate you know um I know apparently CDs do deteriorate but I think it's going to be a little bit longer and and people are so smart with technology and I, I we're getting into a point where it's like I don't know I don't know CDs take but I guess if you take care of shit it does so uh, my big question here is and you can leave it in the comments if you have a question on anything um would it be more worthwhile to with these Lego kits to leave them in the box unbuilt or build them yourself and then sell them? That's the question I have. Um, the question I have for any of this, and I don't know if a pug is trying to get out of my room or not, uh, that's who it is. And my hair looks awful today, but we're going to make the best of it. Um, yeah, I guess that's my thoughts on that. So let's move on. It's from Stylecaster. Miley just hinted Pete should have been dating her instead. Here's how Kim reacted. 
A recent late-night appearance has left fans eager to hear Kim Kardashian's response to Pete Davidson and Miley Cyrus's friendship after the Wrecking Ball singer jokingly made a move on the Keeping Up with the Kardashian stars' new beau. Miley, 29, and Pete, 27, were recently named co-hosts of NBC's Miley's New Year's Eve Party Special. Ahead of their New Year's Eve special, the pair appeared on an episode of The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon on December 9th, 2021 to discuss their friendship, which apparently runs so deep that the duo got once got matching tattoos. Uh, during their appearance, Miley devoted a rendition of Yvonne Fair's It Should Have Been Me to Pete. Pete Davidson, this song is for you, she told the comedian. Before referencing his relationship with Kim Kardashian, when I saw those photos, this is what I played. It should have been me, Miley saying, before changing up the original lyrics in the Lamborghini leaving that nice-ass restaurant. Why did they... They censored ass in this... Um, I want to watch a movie in frickin' Staten Island. The she teased seemingly referred to Pete's date with Kim in recent weeks. The King of Staten Island star, for his part, was cracking up at the performance. But what does Kim make of Miley's flirting song? Well, see, well, it seems that for now, the Keeping Up with the Kardashians alum is fine with Pete and Miley's friendship. The Skims founder, why are they like referencing everything Kim has done? Uh, founder 41 took to Instagram shortly after the pair's appearance to like Miley post promoting the pair's New Year's Eve special big debut energy. Miley captioned a photo of herself in the SNL star. Pete and I are official co-hosts, that is. So we have a lot of, uh, we have a lot of thoughts that can go on here. Um, here's the big thing I think. And so I, we've all debated this and we, was all, we were all wanting to know. Why are so many hotties into Pete Davidson? I figured it out, folks. I figured it out. Pete has that bad boy energy and he's also as that goofy energy at the same time. And he's also like a safe guy as well. Like you're not worried about this guy hurting you or anything. Um, and he's just not, he's just like a generally nice guy. And I know some people are like, don't like him or whatever. I generally think he's a nice guy. He's funny. He's safe. And he also has a bad boy energy. That's why women like him. I, that's what I've determined. And, uh, I like Pete Davidson. I'm going to be honest. Uh, he's funny. Uh, he's made me laugh multiple times. He had a recent stand special, uh, it's like a live from Saturday night. I think it was on Netflix or whatever. Uh, it was pretty good. And like he went over his relationship with Ariana and it's, it's really nice because you think like of two stars talking about each other like that, like Pete's a lot more of a star than most like comedians these days. He's kind of in a different, he's kind of in a different, different, diff, diff, different atmosphere. <laughs> God, that took me so long to say, uh, than like most, uh, comedians, stand-up comedians these days. And he's like, he's doing a lot of stand-up and stuff like that, but he's also doing SNL, which is really making him popular. And he's doing movies too. So like, he's, you know, he's out there, he's out there and he's making it. So that's kind of what I think about him. Um, in regards to that. So that's just weird. I've heard a lot of rumors that, uh, his relationship with Kim is like a publicity stunt. Um, one thing is because in these, in the celebrity world, uh, as they have it, um, with Pete, like Pete's kind of, he does drugs, alcohol, you know, he likes to indulge, he likes to indulge in shit, uh, where Kim's not really that kind of person, and so when two people kind of like date each other in these worlds, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a little different, uh, you know. This is the type of guy you get. So like, why would they date? Because like, you kind of have to, you know, even if you're not like a heavy drinker or heavy drug user or whatever, um, you know, you do that, you kind of have to like match the energy of your friend. So a lot of, you know, a lot of people are very sober, like I had a problem for a bit and uh, I got over it. We're like, Pete kind of did, but I guess he's just like, 
He's smoking a lot of weed. And that's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. And then Kim's just not like that at all. She's very, you know, more of a sober, maybe has a glass of wine. I don't know. It, am I supposed to be Kim Kardashian's best friend? Yes. Do I know everything? No. But, uh, no, it's weird. Like, if... What is this? What is this love triangle? I'm interested in it. We're gonna keep covering it until uh, it ends. I'm gonna cover this on the show. That's that's a fact. And uh, this is the type of guy you get. We're gonna keep covering this on the show. That's a fact. But uh, as for like what it is, I don't know. What should we do? What, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this in the world? I want to know. This one is gonna require another drink. So I'm just gonna pour like a half glass. So, uh, here's to feeling good all the time, which means I'm drinking for the audio only folks, but for the YouTube folks, you probably know what's going on. And I hope whispering, hope the compressor understands the whispering. And also, is this like a good ASMR? I know I can do ASMR perfectly. The door's not closed. I don't know why Frank is barking, but can I do ASMR properly? Shut the fuck up, Frank. I wish to do this. Frank, shut up. Shut up, Frank. Anyways, though, here's the feeling good all the time, so now we're whispering. Um, anyways. Um, you have no idea how hard it is to get a hamster drunk. This is from the Atlantic. That's the big question here. Why is this from the Atlantic? The heaviest drinker in the animal kingdom are punier than you might expect. Elephants, for example, are massive, but they are relative lightweights that lack a gene for alcohol metabolism. Humans actually rank pretty highly thanks to our ancestors' pros propensity for picking fermented fruit off the ground, but to find the real champs, you have to think smaller. Think hoarder. Think hamster. You just put a bottle of unsweetened Everclear on the cage, and they love it, says Gwen Lupfer, a psychologist at the University of Alaska Anchorage who has studied alcohol consumption in hamsters. They regularly down 18 grams per kilogram of body weight a day, the alcoholic equivalent of a human drinking a liter and a half of 190-proof Everclear. And the wind hamsters hoard rye grass seeds and fruit their burrows, and they eat this fermenting store as it becomes more and more alcoholic over the winter in the lab. Well, they're pretty happy with Everclear, given the choice between water and alcohol. They go for booze. <laughs> Humans have known about hamsters' affinity for alcohol since at least the 1950s when scientists in Texas found that hamsters could outdrink the common lab rat. Rats can be made to drink alcohol either by selectively breeding genetics lines or by feeding them a mix of sugar and ethanol until they develop a taste for the latter. Ethanol, ethanol is the specific type of alcohol found in alcoholic drinks, but with hamsters, you could take a hamster right from the pet store and give it grain alcohol, says Danielle Gullick, an addiction researcher at the University of Florida. It would happily drink. It would, it would happily drink, and they can drink a lot before getting drunk. When Lepfer was studying dwarf hamsters, what? Uh, she and her students rated the animal drunkenness on a literal wobbling scale. They scored the hamsters from zero for no visible wobbling to four for falling onto side and does not right self. 
<laughs> they had previously unsuccessful try to track the hamsters walking by dipping their paws in watercolor. They could tell the drunk and sober hamsters' paw prints apart. They, the hamsters, never averaged above 0.5 on the wobbling scale, even at the highest oral doses. But when Lepfer and her dream uh, team ideas ide instead injected the ethanol directly into the hamster's abdomen, the animal didn't do so well. They started wobbling and falling over at much, much lower doses. <laughs> Consumed orally, Leffer explains alcohol goes straight from the gut to the liver, which starts breaking down the mind-altering toxin that is ethanol, which starts breaking down the mind-altering toxin that is ethanol. Hamster livers are so efficient at processing ethanol that they very little ends up in their blood, says Tom Lawton, a critical care doctor in Bradford, England. But when the hamsters got injected with ethanol, the substance could bypass the liver, go into their bloodstream, and then their brain. Hence, much wobbling and falling over hamsters' alcohol tolerance is likely an adaptation to their hoarding lifestyle. Other animal hoarders might have evolved a similar tolerance, but they haven't haven't been as easy to study in a lab. They would they would have a tough time getting through the winter. Leffer told me if they didn't like their own food, they that they'd hoard it, or if they got sick from alcohol in it. Uh, I don't know. If, so yeah. Um. You know, some scientists are trying to cure diseases like Omicron, COVID, uh, cancer. You know, it's you know it's that. Like some scientists are trying to cure that shit, which is amendable. And then there's some scientists who are just like, let's get this fucking hamster drunk. Um. That's what they're doing. That's what they're, uh, that's what they're doing. So, uh, yeah. I don't know how much I have to say on this. Why did I choose this article? Because it was funny. And then, like, I feel like I was zoning out when I was reading it. Like, like, why? You know, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm going to be honest. I don't know why I pulled this, what I was... Because I've been trying to pull things, I'm just like, here's something I have to say on this. And then I just pull nothing. I just I just literally pulled nothing. Uh, and yeah. Uh, should I be joking at a time like this? I want to help to leave this world better than I found it. Okay. Let's go into our last article because I actually do have something to say on this. Don't weigh me cards aim to reduce stress at the doctor's office. CNN Health, a body positivity website, has created free don't weigh me cards for patients who find stepping on the scale at the doctor's office stressful. The cards created by California-based morelove.org are available for free to individuals, excluding the cost of postage. There is also the optional for businesses to purchase the cards at $35 per 100 cards. The cards read, Please don't weigh me unless it's really, in parentheses, medically necessary, adding, If you really need my weight, please tell me why so that I can give you my informed consent, as shown in photographs on more.love.org. Uh, on the other side of the card is a list of reasons why it may not be medically necessary to weigh a patient. Most health, most health conditions can be addressed without knowing my weight in, is one reason, and I pursue healthy behaviors regardless of my weight status is another. Morelove.org was founded in 2016 by Jenny Jones according to its website and describes itself as an online resource that empowers parent 
kids to raise kids who are free from body hate, disordered eating, and eating disorders that group supports at healthy at every size philosophy. Um, did I lose my spot? Based around the assumption that the current practice of linking weight to health, health using BMI body mass index as standardized standards is based and unhelpful. Because we live in a fat phobic society, being weighed and talking about weight causes feelings of stress and shame. The website states many people feel anxiety about seeing the doctor and will avoid going to the doctor in order to avoid the scales. We want you to be supported in requesting healthcare that is free of weight bias. The website reads, the point is that it's an informed choice that we get to make. We don't have to step on the scale just because someone tells us to. Cards for parents, uh, which ask medical professionals not to talk about their children's weight are also available. So, I have a lot of things to say about this. I, let's just, uh, I'm going to start with uh, everything. I, I am, you know, I'm definitely not someone who believes everyone needs to be a health nut and everything, but uh, I, I'm, I'm so, so, so against the healthy at every size thing because, let's be honest, you can't be healthy at every size. And before you go into me saying anything, being like, call me a fat, fat phobic or whatever, I don't think being necessarily super skinny or like a supermodel skinny or like these celebrity skinnies that you do see is healthy either. That's not healthy at every size either. Um, you be, I honestly think there's a lot more people who are like anorexic have eating disorders out there than we seem to realize. And um, it's not, that's not good either. I don't think having an eating disorder is good. And I don't think overeating is good either. Now I tend to fall on the overeating side of this. Um, I'm not on the anorexic side, so I'm not here to talk about like eating disorders and shit like that. I'm more on the line of talking to you about, you know, this probably on the fat side of things because I'm not the skinniest person in the world. I'm the first one to admit that. But also I have, you know, I have tried to lose weight. Like my neck is now visible. I used to not be, and you know, at one point I was like just so bad, like I just, I just ballooned up way too much, and that was really bad. So like I'm, that's kind of where I am before here. But healthy at all sizes is just it's a terrible thing because if you've watched a single episode of My Six Hundred Pound Life, you know you can at least tell on that healthy at any size is not good. We don't talk about like with the super skinny people who are eating who have eating disorders, you know, the celebrities or whatever. We don't talk about them, but we but it's pretty easy to notice in the really fat people. Um, and, you know, sometimes eating is hard. You know, some people are like, I like to eat three pizzas instead of uh, drinking a lot, which, respect to them, um, honestly, uh, if they went to drinking, they'd be a little bit fatter. Let's be honest with you. I, I notice when I drink a lot more, which I'm trying to cut down, I'm just drinking during the show. Calm your fucking tits. Um, this is the type of guy you get. Um, so let's go full throttle. <laughs> I like how he had the air horn too. So yeah, no, it's it's really so we have to agree that healthy at all at any size is not the proper term we want to do. Um, it's more there, but body acceptance I can get on board with that to an extent in my mind. So so in my mind, you know, in my mind, so it's like we have to we don't go do a good job at explaining what is a healthy, uh, what is a healthy body? We don't like look at what a healthy body is. Like you see guys with like six packs and shit. 
Like, that's not a healthy body. Like, they spend their entire lives focusing on making their body look like that. Like, that's their life goal. Even if, like, they have a day job or shit, like, that's their hobby is making their body look like that. Not everyone can do what, do that. Like, you can work out every day trying to keep yourself healthy. But, you, you know, unless you work, work, like, work out, like, three to five hours a day, you're not going to really look like that. However, though, like, you should be mindful of what you're eating and shit like that. And, um... Uh, that's where we get into this this idea. I saw a TikTok about this, how like this woman was like, I don't want to be weighed. I don't want to be weighed at the doctors. So um, here's what I have to say about that. You know, you don't want to be fat shamed by your doctor, which I get. If you're in the United States, you get that because, um, because you know, the world is slowly starting to realize that we're out of our fucking minds uh, because we don't have when like healthcare is so expensive like you have a hard time trusting someone who is who you're consulting with who is so expensive like it's you know just it'd it be like that sometimes um so like people are just that's why people are so mistrusting of doctors and shit in the u.s and like i get it but like i don't believe they're be, but i've like worked in jobs that are like trying to do billing for healthcare. the doctors aren't the ones trying to like rip you off and take your money it's the hospital itself maybe go to like a locally owned you know probably like a self-owned business they're probably going to be the better ones in regards to this and helping you in regards to not charging you a fortune you know trying to get the most money out of you as you possibly can and then insurance companies suck here yada 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 we all we all know that that's for another day um but if you if you go to a good doctor like you should go to a doctor that you can trust like you can probably find a lot of doctors in your health insurance plan, your shitty health insurance plan that we all, that you probably do have. Uh, like you could probably find a really, you could probably find a doctor that's okay. A good if a if your doctor basically just like, well, you need to lose weight. If that's all they do, they tell you with your health. If you have any sort of health problem, like you need to lose weight. That's all they tell you to do. Um, they're not that good of a doctor. Most doctors will at least try to fix the problem, but give you be like, hey. Because I probably have sleep apnea. Like, they'd probably be like, hey, you probably need to lose a little bit of weight. It's going to help you sleep better at night. Uh, that's one thing they'll say, but we can get you in. We can try to get you like a CPAP machine, try to do a sleep study. Uh, we're going to take some blood work and see what's going on. A bad doctor will be like, well, you just need to lose weight. That's what your health problem is. Lose some weight. It's like, you know, I watch like Dr. Pimple Popper because I'm gross like that. And there'll be people on there, like, they have like a giant ass lipoma on their shoulder. And the doctor will be like, well, you need to lose some weight. I'm like, that's not going to help it. This thing has to literally be removed. It's just like a non benign type of tumor thing. It's like, it's not cancerous or anything. But uh, I've watched enough doc. It's weird when you watch a show on TLC and you actually learn something. That's the, uh, that's like incredible. Um, TLC is the learning channel. And you don't think nowadays you're going to learn something from it. But sometimes you do. Um, yeah, but anyways, though, I also want to talk about Jenny Jones, the, the mover of this. So I, I was like, you know, anyone in this uh, healthy at all sizes, I'm like, I want to see what this person looks like. And so I initially looked up this person, which I will post, uh, try to post like right here. Um, and I was like, this can't be it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, this is an actress who has the same name. So then... Now that's gone away. Then I found the real Jane Jones, who looks like this. Who, I'm really surprised, is not morbidly obese. May have a few pounds on her, but I'm not one to judge on that, because I got a few pounds on me. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I just, I thought that was funny. I just wanted to look at her. Um, for the video watchers, you might be able to see her. Uh, if not, you're going to have a hard time finding what Jane Jones looks like. So, um, anyways, though, 
Uh, healthy at all sizes is bad. Uh, we need to understand what an actual healthy body looks like. And uh, please, if you're going to a doctor you trust, just let them weigh you. They're not fat shaming you. All they're trying to do is help you be healthy. If they're a good doctor. All they're trying to do is help you be healthy. Um, you could argue with me on the healthy at any size or body positivity stuff all day you want. It's okay. But when it comes to the doctor, I am very stern on that. If you're going to a good doctor, let them weigh you. They're just trying to help you be healthy. And if they're good, they'll do blood tests and see if there's anything wrong. And they'll advise you, like, you really need to lose some weight. And they'll try to do that in the best way they can. So, um, yeah. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. And yeah, I think that's uh, what I have to say. Have you ever been hungry? I have. But did you know 40% of the food in the U.S. goes uneaten and $218 billion in food is thrown away every year? When you're hungry, that information will turn you into a Kyle and punch a hole in the wall. But do not fear, my friends. Today's sponsor, Imperfect Foods, is here to save the day. Imperfect Foods is helping to prevent food waste, and so far, their customers have saved 139 million pounds of food. They're affordable and convenient, making sustainability more accessible. What I love most is that they meet a lot of different dietary needs. In, mo in moments, I'm stingy with my diet. I always go full throttle on a low-carb diet. They can even hook you up if you're vegan or vegetarian as well. Here is the best part. When you sign up using the link in our description, you can get an $80 credit. Holy shit. That is an incredible deal that you should be taking advantage of. So sign up for Imperfect Foods today, help stop food waste, and get an $80 credit. Remember, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. Are you a fat piece of shit who needs to get their life together? Do you want to look like me, the pinnacle of health and nutrition? Well, to be just like me, the greatest athlete of all time, you're going to need health supplements to get the most out of your workout, lose some extra weight, and work towards a healthy lifestyle. That's where today's sponsor, FNX Fitness, is your new hero. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon to water of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. So I know people like it when I talk about music on the show, mainly because I'm not just speaking out of my ass. I actually kind of know what I'm talking about, uh, which, what are you thinking? I never talk out of my ass. I know everything about everything. So why are you trying to tell me who I am and... Uh, Pretty bold of you little fucks to assume that I'm not God. But anyways, though, I think it's an appropriate... This is the appropriate place, appropriate time and place... Um, for me to talk about my favorite, and this is my favorites, your favorites aren't on this list for a very reason, man, because I didn't like it, because this is what I like, this is what I like this year, this is the music of 2021 that I really enjoy, this is the, these are the albums, I'm gonna go with albums, I'm an album guy, I've always kind of been an album guy, so I kind of I just want to talk about all the albums, you know. I've basically basically all the albums I've listened to, and uh, 
all my thoughts on them. So I have a top 10 list on my top 10 favorite albums. So I have 10 albums that I enjoyed this year. Now, I know people are probably going to disagree with me. He's like, why don't you put this specific artist that I really like on the list this year? I'm like, well, maybe I'll discover them, they, them, in 2022. But as for right now, I didn't listen to them this year. Um, and, uh, and if I talk about an album I didn't like, and you're like, but I like that album, that's okay. You can like that album. I'm not shaming anyone uh, for liking or disliking anyone, anything I say here. Music is a personal preference that I believe everyone should have their own right to like and dislike whatever music they like. Um, I've, I've said on the show before that you could go you know, scientifically and go into broad steps to talk about why an album is bad, why a song is bad, why a song is good, and just how smart it is and how, or how dumb it is and how, why it's bad, why it's good. But at the end of the day, if you sit and listen to a song and you enjoy listening to that song, it doesn't matter if it's the best song ever made or the worst song ever made. You, you made it. It's, it's your song. So um, that's all I can say. Uh, Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. And so another glass of wine. So here's to feeling good all the time. Which means we're drinking for all the audio only listeners. Hope the compressor makes this whispering better. And I chug the glass again. <clears throat> all right. So to start off my list, I want to start with the albums that sucked, but I wish didn't. If it did suck and I didn't, I'm not mentioning it, there's a reason for that. Like Weezer's every, every Weezer album. Besides the blue album, especially Pinkerton, especially Pinkerton sucks. Um, so I'm going to talk about the albums that sucked, but I, I just wish they would have been good albums. Like my heart wants them to be good albums. First up, we have Bleachers. Take the sadness out of Saturday Night. Bleachers is one of my favorite bands. I think in regards to when Bleachers came on the scene, let's start out. Like Steel Train was a great band uh, when he collaborated with uh, uh, Nate Roos of. The format to create fun, incredible. Then he, then Jack Antonoff started Bleachers, uh, Strange Desire, just a phenomenal, phenomenal album that I, you know, I can still just fucking dig to this day, and I just love the deep emotional type of stuff that it goes over. It's just it gets to me. It, it's it's really it truly is. It's just a great album. Then he released Gone Now. It just kind of piggy it piggybacked off of uh, Strange Desire, but in a good way to make it new all these fresh new ideas in regards to what is Bleacher's music. And so I just, I just absolutely, I just love Bleacher's. And anytime they have a concert, I'm going to make an attempt to go see them. That's just, this is the type of guy you're getting. This is the type of guy you get. But just when I listen to Take the Saddest Out of Saturday, Saturday Night, it just sounded way too generic. And I wish it didn't sound so generic. Like, I, you know, you, I could listen to this album front to back, and the only song that stands out to me is Chinatown. And the only reason why Chinatown stands out to me is because Bruce Springsteen features on it. Like, that's the only reason I'm like, oh, that's Bruce Springsteen's voice. Back to Jack Antonoff's voice. And it, it there was this idea, Blake Bleachers kind of started off as this idea where it was like this, like, obviously Jack Antonoff is from New Jersey, so New Jersey's always going to be kind of a part of this music, which is fine. I think, you know, I love Springsteen. Uh, a lot of other artists from Jersey I definitely love. Um, but then there was always this weird old and new 
production style that kind of mixed together in this like just unique way Jack Antonoff would produce music and like he produced my favorite Taylor well he's one of the big producers on one of my favorite Taylor Swift albums and then he did Folklore and Evermore you know he's just a phenomenal producer and just to think that Take the Saddest Night of Saturday Night was was just such a generic album and it just disappoints me like it disappointed me this album is not that good and I mean like my Chinatown girl is the only thing I can remember from the album listening to it. And like the couple times I have listened to it, like that's the only thing I could get was just Bruce Springsteen on it. Like that's the only thing. It's just maybe it, lyrically, you know, Jack Antonoff's life is too good. And just his, sometimes when your life is too good, your lyrics kind of suck. It's just, uh, it's how life is. And uh, this is the type of guy you get. Uh, that's just my theory. Like sometimes when your life is too good, your lyrics suck. Um, you may be able to help other artists uh, make their sad lives make good lyrics, but sometimes that's the way it is. And uh, take the sadness out of Saturday Night. I just wish, I wish with my whole heart that would have been a good album, but it just ended up not being. Uh, it's just a super generic out. Like if you were like, hey, Bleacher, you went. To, if someone went to me and be like, hey, can you produce a very generic Bleachers album? I'd be like, yeah. This is the album I would make, like, and I wouldn't put any heart or soul into it. This is the album I would make, and I, I don't know. The part of me, like I say, this album sucked, but I wish it did. That's the big thing, and I know Jack Antonoff can do better, but it's, I don't know. This this just disappointed me. This this album just disappointed me so much. I just wanted it to be good. It just wasn't, folks. I'm sorry. Uh, next next on the albums that's that sucked, but I wish it didn't. Ed Sheeran's Equals. So, I think Ed Sheeran's albums have all progressively gotten worse. This is his fourth studio album, I believe, plus, and then Divide, uh, no, it was Plus, Multiply, Divide, and then now Equals. Plus, his first album, Orange Cover, just very good. A-Team, uh, Lego House, and then other songs on this. I wanna be drunk when I wake up. On the right side of the wrong bed. It's just... That album was so good. That album was just so, 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 so good. Then Multiply came out, and, like, it, it had some good songs in it. I liked a lot of it. Speaking Out Loud is a great song. Uh, da, da, na, 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 na. The song about Ellie Goulding, supposedly about Ellie Goulding. A great, great song, too. Um, you know, some other songs on there, you know, were okay, but, I mean... This album was good, but it wasn't as good as Plus. And then he created Din, D- Divide, and that's Shape of You. I mean, uh, I didn't mind it at first, but now it's like, I don't give a shit about this. Please don't play this song. Uh, we were just kids when we fell. It's like, make a generic love song. and I mean, it, was, it had some good songs on it. I, I, I generally enjoy the album, but, you know, it, and I'm like, well, this was still not as good as Multiply or definitely not as good as Plus, like, 100%. And then we got then we got this album, Equals, where Bad Habits is a fun song. I, I've changed my mind. When it first came out, I was like, hmm, I don't know if I like this. Well, I've changed my mind. I think I, I like the song. Bad Habits is a prick, now standing alone, conversation. And then, I don't know, the music video is stupid, but I like the song. Um, but then the other song, I'm like, nothing stands out to me as like, ugh. Like, when a good album comes out, like... You just like, and you listen to it like right when it comes out, and you can be like, that's gonna be a hit. That's you just know songs are great. 
And I think that was with me and uh, I think when Taylor Swift's Red album initially came out, not the new release, the, the initial. I remember, I think I initially downloaded it when it came out. And then this was before I really had Spotify. So yeah, I don't know about, I remember 20, listening to 22, I'm like, that's going to be a hit. Um, all these other, all too well, I'm like, that's going to be the best song that's ever been, her, she's ever made. Uh, so it, it's weird. Like, you know, I think Ed Sheeran, every album gets progressively worse, but I think Taylor kind of progressively gets better with every album. It's we, it's a weird situation, and I don't know. But with Equals, I just wish every Ed Sheeran album would just at least equal or equal jokes enough or succeed uh, the previous album because it's because it was I don't know that plus is so good and I love Ed Sheeran. I think he's so interesting, but now that he's kind of super rich, happy, and has a family, married, and shit like that, it's kind of like, like I said, it's kind of one of those things where when your life is good, your songs suck. It's just a song. I feel like that's a songwriter thing. And, mo- and you know, these, you know, like I said, with like Jack Antonoff and Ed Sheeran, they all write kind of write their own lyrics or have someone help them out with it, but it's mainly them. It's like, maybe get someone whose life sucks to go write with you. I don't know. I don't know. So, last album we have on albums that sucked, but I wish were good, and this one's going to get a little controversial, Adele's 30. Now, I think Adele is very talented and with her singing and everything like that, but I just felt, you know, you know, Easy On Me is a great song, but nothing else, like I said, nothing else stands out on this album. Like, I thought... Like, there's a song, I Drink Wine, I'm like, I bet that one I'm going to really like. And then I listen to it, I'm like, nope, don't really care for it. And, you know, you listen to it, and it just kind of, kind of seems like Adele has been trying to write the same songs for the last, what, four albums she's done. And, you know, I don't, I'm not against it at all. But at the same time, it's like, you know, with, uh, you know, Rolling in the Deep, uh, Someone Like Me, Someone Like You, and that's what it's called. Um, you know, th- those were just great songs. And then the next album, you know, kid had, uh, Water Under the Bridge and they had, uh, When We, When You Were Young, When We Were Young, not When You Were Young, When You Were Young, uh, All I Ask, you know, it just had some, it, it just finished it. And then, you know, I thought, you know, with Adele going through a divorce, she was going to write some bangers, but it's, it's like sat. It's sad music for someone who really isn't that sad. Like, I know she's upset with her divorce, and I'm not going to try to say anything about her feelings there, but I don't know. I don't, I think this is just her making the same album again and without any standout hits. I don't know. If I was a record label person trying to think here, listen to a song and be like, I know what a hit sounds like listening to this album. I'm like, I mean, Easy On Me's good, but I don't hear any other hits. You know, I don't know. That's the thing. Um, and I don't know, and I just think maybe maybe the problem with this Adele album is that she's been trying to make the same, she's trying to make the same album again. And I don't think it works like that. So, um, yeah. So those are albums that I th- that sucked, but I wish were good. So now we're going to go into my top 10. I do have an honorable mention section we'll, we'll go into before we get to number one. So uh, without further ado, let's get into my favorite albums of uh, 2021. First up, we got number 10, Little Nas X, Montero. So, when I listened initially 
thought of Lil Nas X. I remember thinking it was funny, like when Old Town Road came out, and that was like his only really big hit. And then he kept releasing remixes of it, which, like, you know, in the record of top song of all time or whatever, whatever record he has for that, shouldn't count because they count remixes and stuff like that or new songs and new features and stuff like that, which shouldn't count. I don't think that should count. Like, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas should still be up there because it was actual play sales or whatever. Shouldn't be with all these remixes. That, that's a problem that I could get into another time and make sure I script out what I have to say on that because that would be a better option for the rest of the gang. Um, who, uh, other than that, though, so yeah, he only had Old Town Road come out, and I was like, oh, I bet it's funny seeing Lil Nas X live playing Old Town Road for like two hours or whatever. I'm going to take my horse to the Old Town Road. I'm going to ride till I can no more. It was really, really funny. And I was just curious. I'm like, after that, after that, he had that, that smash hit song in 2019, uh, you know, Old Town Road. Just, you know, I think about it. I'm like, where is his, you think about this kind of in your head, but unless you're obsessed with him, you're like, where does his career go from here? And that is where Montero, the album, and the song, but mostly the album, is making it's making you know making sense. So um, obviously, first it came out "Call Me by Your Name." I think I've talked a little bit more about this on the show, but like mainly, like you know, he, he's giving the devil a lap dance in the song. And he's selling uh, fake Nikes with uh, blood in them. Which, first of all. Why would you just make make it? You could be like, I'm selling shoes with uh, fake blood in them or whatever. And I know you wanted to pretend to be Nike, so be like a big brand, but that was just a dumb move. Some, someone should have been like, don't do that. Unless you'd be like, oh, we're selling this as a joke. This is a joke. We're not actually selling these. Yada, yada, yada. So, um, yeah. So, I, I don't know. And then uh, I, I get into, uh, what would, would they call it? Uh, industry Baby? That's what it's called, right? Yeah, Industry Baby, and I, you know, listen to that song. That one, that one's just like a classic. Uh, but uh, and then when Jack Harlow and I relate to this hundred uh, percent, honestly, when I say this, uh, I send her back to her boyfriend with my handprints on her ass cheek. Perfect, the perfect, the perfect line. I love that line so much. Where it's like you're the out. Al- it's kind of like I, don't, I hate saying the word alpha. But you know what I mean when I say alpha and not like the Joe Rogan type of alpha or those guys. But it's like, I send her back with her boyfriend with my handprint on her ass. Like, I love that verse so much. I'm like, I wish and, and I wish I could have sang that verse. But also I think maybe Jack Harlow wrote that verse. But I wish Lil Nas X wrote that verse and be like, Shweezy, I want you to sing it. Because I'm like, that is my style 100%. And that is something that we need to... Uh, I need to do. I like that. Um, so yeah, I, I'll say, so number 10, that's uh, Montero uh, by Lil Nas, Lil Nas X. Call me by your name. So yeah, that's number 10. Let's move on to uh, number nine. Number nine being uh, Hot Mulligan was their EP, I Won't Reach Out to You, which I know do... Do EPs count on this album review list? They do. Um, so I discovered this band, I would say, back in September, maybe August. And obviously I fell in love with them 100% very quickly. Uh, it's like this... It may, it's like new pop punk music that 
old pop punk music fans would love. And I'm like, sign me up. I'm into this. The songs are great. And uh, I 100% think you, we, we, let's go full throttle on this. Let's go full throttle. Um, and then the, it was like an EP. So it has a couple songs on it. And it kind of is like this continuing line, like a theme to it. Uh, you said it wouldn't make, you said it wouldn't make a difference whether we can be together or not. And then like, that's kind of like a continuing theme throughout the entire EP, which is awesome. I love like, cause you feel like when you make an EP, uh, like you can't kind of make a theme for it or anything like that, but they did it. And I think they just, they did it way too well. I feel like those guys are younger than me, but they just did it. They did it way too well. And I'm super, I'm super in love with it now. They're number nine, and I want to say, like, I love Hot Mulligan, and, like, I can't wait for every music, every single piece of music that they are going to release here going forward. Uh, what I'll say, though, is I feel like they're, if I would have discovered them in 2020, uh, their album, You'll Be Fine, that came out in 2020, uh, would have, this would have been a lot higher. But I love that a lot more than this EP. I typically go back to that album before I go back to this EP. But, no, it's a great EP. I'm telling you right now, there's... They're gaining a lot of traction, Hot Mulligan. I would say, everyone, go check Hot Mulligan out. They're probably one of the best bands coming out these days, especially if you love pop punk music. Um, if you're old like me, or what, if you're, you were around when old pop punk music was around, like me, and uh, you're looking for like music like that, that, but it's also new and refreshing, Hot Mulligan is great. And it's also not Machine Gun Kelly, because apparently I'm not supposed to like him. Like him or his music, apparently. That's uh, that's how it is. Let's go full throttle. Um, so yeah, number nine, Hot Mulligan. Number eight, Silk Sonic, an evening with Silk Sonic. So Silk Sonic is a collaboration between Bruno Mars and Anderson Pock. And I, I, at the beginning, I'm like, do we need this? And I'm like, yes, this is something the world needed. Anderson Pock and Bruno Mars collaborating is something this world needed a hundred percent. I like you think about it. Like it, it has a lot of similar. Because I'm a big Bruno Mars fan. I love Bruno Mars ever since. Uh, you know, was Doo Wops and Hooligans was his first album. Like I, I love that album. You know, then the album uh, Unorthodox Jukebox was great, and then you released Twenty Four Karat Magic. I'm like, brilliant. This, this is just brilliant. I'm. I don't think Bruno has released a bad album. Like you could, you could have thoughts on like, eh, I don't like, th- I don't like this album as much as this album, but there hasn't been a bad album by Bruno Mars. And uh, now, so Sonic is the collaboration we don't know we needed. Now, I'm not, I didn't listen to a lot of Anderson Bach. I haven't listened to a lot of them, but I knew he was good. So going into this, I'm like, this is gonna be good. Um, let's let's go full throttle, and let's I'm gonna listen to this, and I'm like, I love it. It has that R&B sex song vibe that 24 Karat Magic had. And I'm like, I'm in for this. Let's go. Let's go full throttle. Let's go full throttle. And uh, so let's talk about songs I liked on the album. Leave the Door Open. That's like the main, one of the main hits that was on uh, the album. Uh, and it was just like, Lee. And it starts out with that, what you doing? What you doing? Where you at? What you at? Oh, you got plans. Don't say that. And it was like, oh, man. That is such a good song to dick down a girl to. If that's I, I, I didn't I was trying to think in my head like a better way to say that, but dicking down a girl would be the best is the best word for that. I'm sorry, and I'm so sorry. I cannot sleep. I cannot dream tonight. Uh, 
You know, it's just good. And I know I've seen some TikToks on that, but another song I've been seeing, uh, like TikToks on, was a Smoke Out the Window. Smoking out the window. And it goes that chorus. This bitch got me paying rent, paying for trips, diamonds on her neck, diamond on her wrist. And I think I made a TikTok with that with uh, Frankie, the, the pug. Um, but I would play that right now, but I think copyright would be good. So go check me out on TikTok at the Shweezy. It'll be a great place to go check all that shit out at um and then you know skate is another song on that i think skate baby oh man it's just like a fun dance song this song's this album's just fun and that's what i love about bruno mars albums and and anderson pock collaborating with him on this is they're just fun albums like bruno's gotten deep on his older albums but his latest albums that he's been writing they've just been fun they're just fun deep and just fun to listen to something I love about. So that's number eight. Uh, number seven, Daddy's Home by St. Vincent. So, those of you don't know anything about St. Vincent, 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 um, the thing with her albums are, they're just such an experience. And it's weird because when you talk about like themes and eras, artists and stuff like that, there is a typical, like, they have a certain style, aesthetic type of shit with that. And I feel like St. Vincent is the master of that. Uh, like, I got into her with her last album, Mass Seduction. I think it came out in 2017. And obviously, phenomenal album. It had all this latex and uh, kind of weird. The vibe of it, I don't know how to describe it. You may just have to look it up yourself. That's going to be the best way to describe it. But, like... You know, and with the songs to it, just totally go in, in line with all of that. Uh, and Daddy's Home has this, like, 70s vibe. And she wears, like, a blonde wig. And I can't remember what the name of the character... I think there, I thought the name was Dottie, but I think the name of the character is Daddy. I thought she, like, dyed her hair blonde and cut it short. But no, she's just wearing a wig. Which is so interesting. Like, she's going to put on a character on stage for when she does her live shows now. Not necessarily for, like when she's doing her general, like, uh, her general other, sh- her other shit or whatever. Um, so, no, it's super interesting, and it's hard, I'm telling you right now, it's hard to describe why you need to listen to this album. Like, Pay Your Way in Pain is great, uh, and I mean, I could go on the other songs all day. Um, it's hard to explain that to someone. Like, you have to experience it, and I think that's something with St. Vincent that you have to do. You have to experience St. Vincent. You can't just listen to St. Vincent. Like, I tried listening to her older stuff. Like I said, I didn't get into her until her album, Mass Seduction, in 2017. But then, like, I know she has a bunch of older albums, and it's hard to, like, you know, go back to it. Like, you can appreciate the albums and find the good songs there, but you just don't get what you need to get out of it because you weren't there to experience it during the album's run. So the album's still pretty young. I think it came back. It came out May June, so you can you still have time to experience it and go full throttle. Let's go full throttle with this album. I'm telling you right now, there there's something with Saint Vincent. You have to be there to like it. And I I love Daddy's Home. Uh, it's always it's always like the synths are great. It's synths and guitars. When synths and guitars can mesh so perfectly, I that is shit I love. Uh, synth, good synths and good guitars, and she's obviously an incredible guitar player. Like if she wasn't, she wouldn't have her own guitar with Ernie Ball. That 
makes it so you can play if you have boobs. And I know you're thinking like, oh, a girl's guitar finally. I'm like, maybe a fat guy guitar too. I don't know. So uh, that's number seven. That is Daddy's Home. Number six, Casey Musgraves, Star Crossed. Now, um, I didn't get into Casey Musgraves until early 2020 with her album Golden Hour. I'm like, okay, I'm finally into this. I finally get what everyone's talking about. And now I get it. Yeah, I get it. It's just good songs, good meaning. It has that, you know, it has that. Golden Hour is like a mix of pop and country, which I really liked. But, uh, uh, you know, and it had that, you know, it just, you know, with country, good country music comes down to it. I know there's the industry today that's always trying to make like these, uh, like, we've got to make hits. And so we're trying to make pop country and shit. And Casey Musgraves technically could fall under pop country, but uh, I kind of fall in the Dolly Parton style of, three chords and a good and a story type of situation. And I think with Casey Musgrave albums, they really do that. Star Cross is, I think, Casey's first uh, go at a, a full-blown pop album, which I expected. I expect her to kind of hop into pop. So, um, obviously, uh, Breadwinner, I think Breadwinner is probably my favorite off the album. I sing it to myself, and I'm like, you're... Not you could be the guy this song is being sung about, and uh, I also don't care, so that's the way it is. Um, obviously, uh, camera roll, you know, is a heartbreaking story. She has one song about like one night stand, how those can be depressing. Uh, somebody would have told me the truth, yeah, he's never gonna know what to do with a woman like you. Uh, and then, uh, what other songs are there? Um, what was the one? Justify, yeah, that one's a great song. Uh, you know, I sing that to myself. A lot of these are, like, girl anthems, and I'm like, I really like these songs for some reason. I don't know why. Good Wife, you know? I'm like, that song doesn't relate to me at all. Show me how to be a good wife. It's fun. Um, where I feel like this album falls short, though, is Casey is still singing a lot of this like a country singer. Like, I think the last song is in Spanish, and it's kind of like, she's from Texas, I believe, and I'm like, this sounds like someone who talks like a white, sings like a white person singing a song in Spanish. Now, I don't want to go any further than that, but some of the songs, and there's just some vocal, like some vocal uh, moments that just did not sit well with her voice. I don't know, she's maybe going to have to change her, sing a little bit differently, like the southern kind of accent, drawl type of singing. She may have to kind of step away from as she's moving forward with the music. But overall, great, 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 great album. Number five, I would have to say, um, this one's surprising to me, why I think this is number five. Uh, Olivia Rodrigo, Sour. So, in my mind, you know, Driver's License came out and shit like that. My mind just thinks, like, I don't know, there's something in my mind that just doesn't want to, like, make, like do this to kids, you know, make them go through the music industry. But obviously Olivia Rodrigo is like a Disney, a Disney thing. So uh, they play the cards right and looks who became before them. Things can be a lot better. Um, but I don't know. Part of me, there's part of me that was just like, oh, I shouldn't like Olivia Rodrigo. And then I just listened to it and I liked Good For You and all that shit. So um, I know people are like, if you're stuck in middle school, this album's for you. And it's like, well, she's like 18, 19, 17. I don't know how old she is. Like, do you want her to write about her divorce or whatever? <laughs> she like shit like that. Um, people are like, well, it's written for 
girls in middle school. Um, girls in middle school or high school, I would say. Um, but I like angsty music. That's the kind of guy I am. Uh, this is the type of guy you get. Some someone would say. And I really like that. But, you know, I like really angsty music, so, you know, the kids make angsty music, I'm going to be into it. I'm still into angsty music. I don't know why. don't know who I am. But I am. Uh, I am. This is the kind of guy I am. Um, I want to just. I want to dislike Olivia Rodrigo, but I can't. I like it, and I like her. Um, she's smart, cool. Uh, I haven't watched any Disney shit she was in, but she's smart. She seems cool. Uh, Taylor Swift seems to like her, so I guess I have to be on board uh, with that. And uh, yeah. Um, so and my, and that also probably might be just me being like, hey. Uh, I don't like, I'm trying to compare, I guess trying to compare my success to other people or compare my career to others, which is not something you're supposed to do. And I'll tell you that as someone who does it, don't do that. So yeah, you know, Driver's License is a great song. Good for you. Good for you. Cause that's so fucking angsty and I don't even care about that lawsuit. Uh, I just enjoy that song. Um, Deja Vu, One Step Forward, Two Steps Back, um, it's really funny with Deja Vu. I'm like, it definitely sounds like a kid's writing it. I bet she knows Billy Joel because he played her Uptown Girl. Which in my mind is like, how does someone not fucking know Uptown Girl? Or or something like that. And I'm like, oh yeah, they're kids. They're probably, their parents are probably not cool because they had kids. And they're like, we're going to have kids. And we're not in the music. That's why. Let me fix my hair. Jesus. It's looking bad today. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. That's, that's Olivia Rodrigo. I think she was, she's great. Excited for better albums. Excited for where her career is going. See, see what's going on there. Excited to see. She's very good publicly, too, like, PR and stuff like that. 100% great. So, congrats. I love Sour. I love that album. I'm not gonna lie. Number four, we're getting into Lonely Like Me by Kevin, no, that's not Lonely Like Me. Keep Sleeping by Kevin Garrett. That's my number four album, which is technically an EP. Uh, Kevin Garrett is by far, of all the singer-songwriters that are making music right now, Kevin Garrett is 100% my favorite. He's just, he has this way of making just these sad songs, and it's just, oh, cuts to the core of me. I got to see him back in 2019. Got to see his opener, Mink, who is also, she's fucking incredible, like, that was just a great show. It just music you like. And it was, like, in a smaller venue, too. It was just not, like, an appropriate size venue as well. It was just perfect. It was it was a good time. And, uh... And so, yeah, this is only two EPs on the list. So this is the last EP. Uh, but I don't know. I just think... I wish I could describe Kevin Gary to you. as like, the Sam Cooke vibe. Modern production techniques. The way he... He's such a good singer, too. I was like... Usually when you listen to someone sing live versus their studio recordings, there's a difference. I don't know. Kevin is just does a really good job at like keeping his vocals very well for at least performing. You know, sometimes there, here's a little thing you might not know. Uh, some people aren't as good at live singing as they are studio, and sometimes in the studio, uh, bef- because autotune can only get you so far. Uh, you have to just be able to actually sing very well at least a couple times so they can mix the best together and then. You know, all that stuff. That's uh, that's that's a little bit of a secret. But, you know, a lot of artists, like, they can't, like, they, you know, autotune and stuff like that is good and helpful, but, like, you can't fake a good performance. That's 100%. And I think Kevin Garrett does that. And with the CP, though, like, it's, it's cool because it's a lot more upbeat than his other stuff. It's like, 
this other stuff is very slow and cool, like drum type beats and stuff like that on underneath it, and uh, sad. And just you just want to sit there, drink and cry. Don't bother me at all. And like he goes through like songs like uh, he's annoyed with the internet. He's like everybody wants to be famous on the internet, which is true. Everyone wants to be famous on the internet. Yeah, I guess that's why we're listening to this. Here's feeling good all the time, folks. Uh, I don't know. Lonely like me. I don't know. There's no way to describe Kevin Gary. You gotta listen to him. I'm telling you right now, he's one of the best. Uh, he was Grammy nominated. He helped write "Pray You Catch Me" off Beyonce's Lemonade album. One of the best. Beyonce knows his name, folks. She actually knows his name. It's not like some random person. Beyonce actually knows his name. So that is a very cool thing. So you gotta go check out number four, Kevin Garrett, Keep Sleeping. Number three we have here, John Mayer, Sob Rock. Um, this album, like I know people don't like John Mayer because him he dated Taylor Swift and now apparently we're not supposed to like him or whatever, but uh, Sob Rock is a phenomenal album. I love it. It uh, can easily be described as windbreaker music, which... He's my type of music. This is me. This is the type of music I do. Let's go full throttle. So, yeah, it's 100% like the music I like. Uh, Windbreaker music. I love it. I love it. Um, a lot of great songs on the album, I would say. Um, you know, the first song, Last Train Home, is really cool. He uh, did it with Marin Morris. It was really cool. Going for the last train home. I didn't like the slow version of it, necessarily. I think the fast version, the normal version was good. I don't think you need to make a slow version of that song. Um... Why You Know Love Me was really fun because I had to explain to a, to a friend that it was a meme. And, um, like, that's the kind of the point of it. Why You Know Love Me? He's like, why is the song, why is the words in this so stupid? I'm like, there's a meme to it. He's like, oh, get it. And I had to explain to him how, I had to, you know, preach to him how memes aren't stupid. Memes are great. Memes are the only thing keeping society together right now. Uh, even the bad ones are keeping society together. Um, you know, uh, shouldn't matter, but it does. Like, just think about people who hurt you. Women, specifically for me. Shouldn't matter. Shouldn't matter, but it does. I'm like, oh, Like, you know, you know someone you can sing that to. Uh, but out of all of it, Shot in the Dark on the album. I'm going to say this right now, since we're not doing a song list. This is my favorite song of the year. Shot in the Dark. Only just a shot in the dark. It's about, like being on a term where you and someone are like still care about each other but you decided that you not you should not be together and i don't know it goes to the chorus he john Mayer's so good at like these like emotional heart-wrenching lines that he gets in songs like is the gate code still your birthday i'm like jesus fucking christ john like that that is it that's i don't know why that gets me is like like you remember her birthday so much and you remember her gate code uh, to her apartment complex, and so you're at a point of, like, is the gate code still your birthday so I can come over and see you right now? Like, in this sad attempt of desperation. I'm like, God damn, that song gets me. And, like, seven other women, but they are who are you? It's about talking to her in his dreams. I'm like, I have crazy dreams, too, and some are just too real for me to even function correctly in the normal days. And so, um, just a great album. Folks, it's windbreaker music, as I would like to say, so go check it out. All right, number two, almost to number one, number two, Bo Burnham's Inside. Yes, 
I'm counting this as an album. I know it was a Netflix special, but you could listen to the uh, the album on Spotify. I downloaded the album that I listened to too much. Um, so if you're like a millennial uh, and you don't appreciate this album, which means you're probably in the 1%, um, I don't know how you don't relate to this album. Like, I just don't know how any millennial does not relate to this album. Uh, like, Bo Burnham's just a couple of years older than me. And, uh, it's, it's hard. It's like, he hit right to the core of someone. He just related to me so much. Someone with severe anxiety, going through a pandemic, thinking just the world's over and just kind of wondering, where do I go from here? What am I supposed to fucking do with all this? So, um, I had a hard time picking a favorite song off this album, but I have a couple I can talk about. Uh, second track, Comedy, which is like, he talked about this, like, like, should I be joking at a time like this? Should I be doing this? Uh, I'm white and I'm here to save the day. How all these people, especially during the pandemic or last year, at least during 2020, during the pandemic, how people were like, I'm going to be a social justice person. I'm going to educate myself and do it. But it's kind of when then you, then you kind of learn that all these white people are just trying to use like black, you know, you know, I'll say black kind of social issues to their own gain and, like, use it to give themselves attention. Like, we always do stuff to give ourselves attention all the time. Like, when, like, I think back in June, I'm like, it's, uh, you know, it's, like, June Pride Month. I haven't figured out a way to make this month about me yet. And I feel like with this album, it's like, oh, I want to make the world a better place, but I also want to make it about me. And I'm like, that's everyone I know. And me too. Like, I'll, I'll be like that sometime. And I try to, try to do better. I try to, you know, I'm, I think a lot of so I think a lot of uh, nonprofits are always trying to, like, just gain a ton. I'm like, how are these people living comfortably? But they're also a nonprofit to trying to help like homeless people and shit. I'm like, okay, uh, I feel like you would not live comfortably to help other people live comfortably if you felt like felt like good. And so like comedy is like, I swore I'd never be back, and now I'm back on my feet. And which is like a great line for Bo Burnham, knowing he stopped performing because of his anxiety. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's funny. Like, you want the world to change for the better, but you also want to be the center of attention at the same time. And it's just funny. It's a good commentary on existence. Then there's a feel-like-shit feeling in my body. I'm going to count those two as close to them. They're two two separate tracks. But it's like, feeling in my body, way down deep inside me. I try not to hide it. Go find it. All right, a few things start to happen. Stuff like that. Then wake up at 11.30. Feeling like a bag of shit. All my clothes are dirty, so I'm smelling like a bag of shit. And I haven't had a shower in the last nine days. Uh, all that. And then I'm at an ATL right now, which is, stands for all-time low. Not Atlanta. It's just like a funny joke to be like, here's my depression. Let's make a joke out of it. And a lot of people don't like that, but I don't give a fuck about their feelings. And, uh, yeah, and then we get to All Eyes on Me. The big, the big hit from the album, I guess. Uh, he's like, you say the ocean's rising like I give a shit. You say the whole world's ending like, all right, it already did. Um, which is weird because, like, I want to be more proactive about, you know, global warming and, and, like, helping save our environment and stuff like that. But at the same time, I can't do anything. I'm like, and I also kind of, to be honest, like, I want to go towards a direction of, like, helping, like, global warming and stuff like that, but I also kind of don't give a shit at the same time. 
It's it's a weird thing. You say the oceans, like the oceans rising and uh, forest fires are up. I'm like I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter to me. And it it's so. And like the world, say the whole world's ending. Like the world's already ended. Like at this point, like it's already caught up to us. So, like yeah. So that's a big hit. A couple other on one liners. Uh, is there anyone out there, or am I alone? Like the other lines, is there anyone? I'm figuring this out. Yeah, is there anyone out there, or am I alone? I wouldn't make a difference still. Oh, yeah, from I don't want to know. Now I know it. Is there anyone out there? Am I alone? Wouldn't make a difference still. I don't want to know. Like, that's, I don't know. It was like so interesting to me. And then, like, welcome to the internet. Mommy lets you use your iPad. You were barely two. And it did all the things we designed it to do. Like, we always complain about the internet and social media and stuff like that, but I've never heard it spoken about this way it did all the things we designed it to do like we talk about how the internet's ruining us but we were the ones who designed it to do what it does even though we're like i don't use it i'm like well you're an audience for it and you always when you're making a product you always want to go for your audience and stuff like that and i think one of like the last songs in the album is like well well Look who's inside again. Went out to look for a reason to hide again. Well, well, buddy, you found it. Now come up with your hands up. We got you surrounded. And it's like, that was, it's more like the ending of the album. I'm like, that's so interesting. Like, like you're going back to where you were, not knowing where, because you go back to where you were because you don't know where to go. And there's that funny feeling. It's like, bad things happen again. Bad things keep happening over and over again. It just keeps happening. And, like, you don't know what to do. And that funny feeling. Um, and so I mainly want to talk about this. Like, the reason I love this so much is it mixes comedy with, like, these sad topics. And when I think about my own music, when I write, like, writing my own music, I've always kind of going, gone towards the sad topics. But I'm also kind of a, like, a, I do kind of a lot of comedy if consider comedy like this podcast and other things I do online so it's like interesting concept of like where I want to move forward in my own songwriting so I think mainly with all everything being said that's why I go to number two but (coughs) before we go to number one let's go to our honorable mentions honorable mentions being first up Taylor Swift's Fearless in Red Taylor's version um, the reason I put this in honorable mentions, because Fearless in Red, phenomenal albums. If this was 2012 and I was making this podcast, I'm going to tell you right now, Red would be probably be the number one album. That album is so good. We can go with the original or the remake of that. Fearless, uh, I didn't like it as much when I was younger, but I've grown to it. Um, I think in regards to Taylor's real country phase, I think Speak Now was her best of her country music. That of all the country Taylor, I would go back to Speak Now and Guard. But Fearless is such a great album, regardless of my opinions on it. I think Taylor, that album, those were good. And re, you know, if you don't know the history of why Taylor is releasing her new albums, I'm not going to go into it much. All I'm going to say is uh, that record deals suck. And uh, be careful before you sign those record deals. Uh, but I think those albums are so good. And I think they deserve honorable mention. Because I don't think they should count in the actual new albums. Because they're still technically old albums. I don't think they should technically count as new albums in regards to this world. 
All I can say is though I think they should be honorably mentioned for the re-release and how Taylor did a good job re-releasing her new albums uh, and putting new songs with it. Um, Better Man, I know I, was, I learned that was apparently a song by another country group that I can't think of, the girl with the weird big hair, shit like that. But uh, yeah, I think Taylor's album should be recognized for that. And the other album, those two albums should be recognized. And the last album that should be recognized is uh, Sweezy, Ride or Die Volume 2. That's an album, an EP by me, that should be recognized. I didn't want to put it on my top 10 list because I know uh, that would be unbiased of me to do that. It'd be unethical for me to do that on my top 10 list. But uh, I wanted to do it anyways because um, mainly. Let's go full throttle. And uh, I'm super proud of this EP. Um, I, you know, I started writing it in January and released it in June. I think it was the fastest turnaround I've ever done on anything I've ever released. And honestly, I want to say I don't want to release music that I don't like. I'm going to release music that I would actually listen to. And I find myself like, oh, I'm like, let me listen to this again. And I'm like, I like this. I'm glad I released it. You know, like just I'm very proud of this release and I'm very happy uh, it's out there for you to stream on Spotify, Apple Music, Title Deez, wherever you stream your music at. Um, but now that we've gone into the honorable mentions, let's go into our my favorite album, number one of 2021. That is Harmony House by Dayglo. So I discovered Dayglo back in May or June of this year. And I'm, I swear, like this album gets put on repeat nonstop. Like it was hard to decide between this album and uh, Inside, but this album probably has made more of an impact on me this year than any other album. It's like this, it's because what I love about music and the music I try to make and what I want to kind of, what I'm trying to move forward doing uh, is this kind of like dancey synth pop type stuff, but it's also has super sad lyrics. And that's why I absolutely love this album, Dig Harmony House by Dayglo. Close to You is the obvious standout hit from the album. Um, and it's just like the song, that's the first song I heard by Dayglo. And it's like trying to communicate your feelings. Communicate. I said that, did say that right. You've got to communicate your feelings to someone, but you overthink every little aspect of the situation. And it can be devastating, especially with someone with anxiety. Like you try to overthink every little situation, try to make everything good. Um, and you're like the standout line, I'm only overthinking when I'm close to you. And, uh, like, yeah, and like she probably she could reciprocate the same feeling. She may not. You don't know, but you're overthinking so much of the situation that you just can't do it. Uh, and then there's Balcony, which is this super upbeat song like that you like really dance to. And it's not until you really focus in on the lyrics that it, you learn how fucking dark this song is. Uh, uh, if you didn't know. Uh, wish you would come from this balcony. Uh, like asking someone to come down from a balcony to talk to you. It's about unaliving yourself, a friend who unalived themselves, and you wish you could have talked to them before you uh, did that shit. And uh, yeah, it's it's super super dark when you really think about the lyrics. But uh, I try not to think about those lyrics when I listen to this song. Wish you would have come from the balcony. Like come down from this balcony. Wish you would have come down and talked to me. Oh, I just wish I, or I wish I did not just see that. I'm like, um, this is about someone unaliving themselves. And, uh, so that's dark. Um, it's a dark sentiment of a song to say. So yeah, that's, uh, it's like 
pretty dark song and you don't really realize it. Like, if you listen to this song, I can't play it for you right now because of copy, YouTube copyright and everything, podcast copyrights, I know those exist too. But, uh, yeah, maybe listen to that song. Um, Medicine is also another song I really love. It's like this song about not being enough for someone. So, like, you compare yourself to medicine and when you think about medicine it's something someone needs and they need to take it you need to take your medicine and take it every day especially for someone with anxiety who needs to take their meds um but yeah it's comparing yourself to that and then like you're realizing you're not enough for someone it's so so weird uh last song i do want to talk about in this album is crying on the dance floor um song about falling apart at the wrong times it's just uh it's incredible like I'm crying on the, like when you see someone and like you realize you're not over them like oh, it's good and portraying the situation of uh being like a dance floor you're in a club or a bar type type of shit and then like oh I'm crying on the, and like oh I'm falling apart right now in the worst situation of all time uh yeah so uh Harmony House by Dago it's my favorite album of the year and it's gotten sad me talking about it, but I love this album. Um, I love all my top tens. I love the honorable mentions. I wish I could love the bad albums too, but uh, sometimes life be like that. Let's go full throttle. And uh, you can't choose what artists make, but um, overall, I really liked a lot of this music in 2021, and I'm excited for 2022. See where we go from here in, um, in the world of music. You wouldn't download a car, so why should these random websites get your credit card information? The solution to that is today's sponsor, Privacy. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private, while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed anytime, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for an, any service with a free trial that requires a credit card to sign up. Uh, you can just cancel at any time, uh, and that way you're not getting charged every month and you're not forgetting about that ongoing subscription. But wait, there's more. By using the link in our description, you can get $5 to spend anywhere. That's money that you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Do you ever just casually solve world hunger and think, I wish I could get alcohol delivered to me? Well, lucky for you, today's sponsor Drizzly is here to the rescue. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's saying something when it's being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our links in the description today, you can save $5 off your purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allow drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee, so using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Okay, so it's time for me to 
fix the last little bit of your advice that you need in 2021. And uh, I think that's very interesting. And I think we should go, let's go full throttle on that. Uh. Let's go full throttle. So uh, without further ado, let's just jump into it. Uh, first question we got here. Uh, when taking a shit, do you keep your penis on the toilet seat or do you let it dangle? <sighs> you know, for a non, I would say for women, but now I got to say for non-penis owners, uh, like with not knowing this, it's very different because even if you're in like a committed relationship where you live with someone with a penis and you kind of like are curious of the situation, and especially if you didn't have young boys or whatever, you would not know the answer to this question. Uh, but I have the answer to this question because I have a penis. Um, so the thing is, like, you think, like, oh, when you poop, like, you just dangle your dick on the toilet seat or whatever. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, when you are taking a poop, doing a number two, what you were doing, uh, when you poop, I don't know about women. i not asked. And I honestly don't care that much. But when a guy poops, what he'll do is, uh, he will pee when he poops. Like, it just happens. It just, that just happens. And, uh, let's go full throttle. So, um, basically, uh, he will, some guys hold it in there. Um, luckily, I have a little bit of fat on me. So, what I can do is stick it in between kind of like my thigh, kind of like squeeze it together, keep hold it down. That way, I can be hands free so I can look at my phone and uh, look at the latest TikToks and stuff like that. Uh, and what that will do is uh, fix the situation. So when I have to, if I pee, pee, when I poop, I poop, nothing comes out of the toilet bowl. And uh, we, we live in a better society for it. So um, to, an- to really answer your question from what you have, um, men do pee when they poop. It just happens. I, there's probably some biology in that. It'd probably like hit your bladder or something like that. And you're like, even if it's like a little bit, it just happens. Whatever you have in your system, it just comes out. So most guys kind of have to either hold it in or figure out a situation like me to keep it in uh, in the toilet seat to make sure that it just goes in the bowl. Because if they left it out, just dangled it, left it on the toilet seat, you'd get piss everywhere. There would be piss. There will be piss. There would slash would will be piss. And... Uh, and if you if you're a mom having to deal with a child with this, uh, that's rough, buddy. So yeah, I think that's gonna be the best answer I have for that situation. Next question: My wife asked me if I honestly thought her friends were attractive. What should I say? We went to a dinner for a wedding, and her friends were there. We greeted them, and I said, Wow, aren't you ladies all spiffed up? But in a friendly way. My wife agreed and told them they looked amazing. Uh, when we went to our take our seats, she asked me if they looked better than her, and I said no, because they didn't. She then asked me I thought they were attractive. I just said they looked well-dressed and left it there. She gave me an unsatisfied Hmm. I know she probably won't leave it alone, but I did I give the right answer? Um, so here's the thing with that situation. Uh, it's one of those. It's one of those situations, and I can't say it's only women. Men do it too. Um, it's the it's the situation of asking a question you don't want to know the answer to, because because, uh, like, no answer is going to be satisfactory in that situation. So, in my mind, 
correct. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I can't speak for everyone. If I'm, I'm not going to ask a question that could necessarily hurt me if, if need be, unless it needs to be spoken. But, uh, uh, she, she asked the question without knowing better, like, do they look better than me? And because like, I assume, and this is for the ladies out there listening to the show today. Uh, if you ever have the audacity, I'm going to say, what did I say? Audacity. I'm just going to stick with it. If you ever have the audacity to ask like your partner, your man partner, however, maybe if your friends look better than you here, here's the, his real thoughts on the situation. Um, there's a great possibility you can find your friends hot. That's just out there, whatever. But he chose you. There's a reason for that. He chose you for a very specific reason. And, uh, you know, there, there is, there's so much of a difference between a woman that looks great and a woman that you want to be a partner with and go full throttle with. Let's go full throttle. Uh, so, like... I, he probably, because in my mind, like, I, he probably doesn't think they look better than you. Um, they're like a different form of being hot. Cause it's just, it's kind of like, I don't know how to describe it. It's like cool looking cars. Like, oh, that Lamborghini looks cool, but that Mazda looks cool too. Is Mazda a sports car? I don't know a lot about cars. I'm just going to be honest. So it's like, you can be attracted to someone for different reasons, but there's a kind of a thing when you want to go full ride or die with someone. First of all, Ride or die, bitch. Uh, with someone, and that's why he chose you. Um, so, when you're, when you, if, for the women out there, if you're going to ask your man, are they attractive, more attractive than me, just don't ask that question. That's just going to be a good idea. Because the answer could be yes and no. And the only appropriate answer the man's going to say is no. You're the best looking. And then you're going to think he's lying and do that. So just don't get into that situation. Uh, what I would say, uh, I don't want to say the ladies out there, is that uh, your man chose you. And if he's full ride or die, he is not going to leave you. It doesn't matter if other women are hot as well as you. Uh, that's, that's just how it is. It's hard to describe uh, how to say that as a man, but there is a thing when there's a thing like being a tr- for a man is like being attracted to someone is one thing, but like committing to someone is su- such another thing. So. Uh, should probably stop worrying about the whole being attractive type situation. Like, try to be attractive. That's just a cool thing to do. Uh, because if he's a bad person, the neighbor boy will help you. But, um, ladies, don't, don't try to compare yourself to other people. And that's also a good sign for anyone in the creative field. Don't compare yourself to other people. That's just a good idea. So don't do that. Number three. Why do guys buy OnlyFans picks like that when there are literally thousands of free ones online? Um, that's a good question. My thoughts on this situation uh, would be that uh, um, if you're going to buy a picture of a girl naked, mainly you're just spending the money to see what she looks like naked and just see what that. Because, um, yes, there are thousands of pictures of girls naked online and you know, I tell no one to buy pornography these days. Um, are nudes technically pornography? I don't want to count that as pornography. But if it's like a, it's like locally sourced kind of pornography, maybe. Go check that out. Uh, regarding that, moving forward, I'll say, like, they're probably more attached to uh, wanting to know the person, the nude, the person, the news behind the person, if I'm saying that correctly, because they just, they're just kind of more interested in what, they're mainly there's curious like 
you know, if I've been in committed relationships, but there's been times I'm like, hey, do you want to see a picture of this celebrity nude? I'm like, yes, I want to see what they look like. I want to see what their tits look like. You know, it's just curiosity. So there's, there's a bit of curiosity part of like the person attached to the nudes. Uh, women like men attached, the penis attached to a man, but men like the boobs and pussy, 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 or not boy pussy, the pussy and pussy. Pussy sounds so weird to say. Uh, and the the badge and the you know, the ass attached, they like that, but the woman attached to it. If I'm hopefully saying that correctly uh, to you, but uh, kind of just you know, there's there's a person attached to it. That's what they want to know. Um, that's kind of why, like, the idea of, like, some porn stars are rising up a little bit more than usual. It's just how it is. So, um, ladies, if you're selling your nudes, send me some samples. I, don't, I think that's going to be the best thing I can say on that. Uh, number four, uh, my boyfriend won't go on specific dates because they remind him of his ex. How do I go about talking to him about it? Am I overreacting? First relationship, we've been together for four months. About a month in, I told him I wanted to go to a restaurant I really liked, and he said, that's where my ex and I went, and I don't want to repeat that date. It's painful. They had a hard breakup, and I understand not wanting to revisit that pain with a new boyfriend. Today, I told him I wanted to go to the beach with him when it's warmer, and he said he did that a lot with his ex, and it might be too painful. I'm a little hurt and feeling like second choice. Feeling like second choice. I get not wanting to be reminded, but is anything I want to do off the table because I'm an ex? I want to tell him that I'm hurt, and it makes me feel like he hasn't moved on. But I'm worried that that'll that'll be too confrontational. Is it fine to just text him? Okay, I understand, but I do feel hurt because you said this about the last place I wanted to go. I know the breakup was painful, but it feels like we can only do things if you and your ex didn't do them. Am I overreacting and being inconsiderate of his feelings? Um, good question. So, are you being inconsiderate of his feelings? No, because you're you're being very nice. You're a nice person. You're a nice woman. Uh, you have ride or die energy, and I like First that. First of all, ride or die, bitch. Um, second, though, um, I don't think anything, any of this has to do with your fault. Um, this this guy you're clearly dating is clearly not over his ex, because if he is, uh, if this makes him think about an ex so much like oh i went to that with my ex I'm like what did you not do with her I'm like that's the good question what did you not do with her maybe we should figure that out uh first and foremost before we go into anything else in this situation uh he's being really stingy come on mark don't be stingy uh because like just like oh we can't go to a specific restaurant because of my ex look here i have an ex who bought me the perks of being a wallflower they eventually made that into a movie Will I ever watch that movie? No. Will I ever read that book? No. Uh, do I have an opinion on if that movie is good or bad? No. Uh, because that reminds me of next. But that's so very fucking specific that it shouldn't matter. But if I met a girl who's like, let's watch this movie. It's Perks Me and Wallflower. I'd be like, all right, let's watch it. Uh, because the sex is important in that situation. Uh, when we, when we get to his situation, it's so very generic, like a specific restaurant going to the beach, like he's being way too specific. So he's definitely hundred percent not over this chick. 
And uh, maybe, I don't know where you can go from here, but in my mind, it's kind of just going on onto it like, um, uh, this guy is not over his ex, and he needs to figure that shit out um, because that fucking sucks. That's rough, buddy. Um, because, yeah, it's like, you... I don't think it's anything your fault. He's being the inconsiderate one. I don't want to go to the beach. I went there with my ex. I'm like, well, I'm not your ex. We can go there. That's the situation. Next question. Is there any acceptable way to approach a woman at the gym? This is assuming you're using the base level common sense of not interrupting them mid-set slash just generally reading the room and doing your best to be respectful. No is a totally valid answer. I'm just curious what people's thoughts are. Um, okay. So here's the thing. Yeah, I don't like the gym as a pickup spot, but I understand some people do because not everyone is an alcoholic, goes to bars, uh, or concerts and shit like that to meet new people. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but no, like the, the gym is like another place outside like your workplace or other friends to like meet new people. So I, I get it. I get your idea. So you obviously understand uh, the ideas of what not to do to talk to a woman at the gym. Um, I'm not going to think of some advice of what you can do at the gym. Uh, one thing I would say specifically, um, so the idea is, the idea would be to start up a conversation with someone, uh, to get this. So obviously, obviously not when they're in mid set or just, you got to read the room and shit like that. Um, there's always like a trick and other people would be better with figuring out what the best trick would be in regards to getting this set up to go to go full throttle. Let's go full throttle. Um, maybe you have to figure out an excuse to talk to someone. Maybe it's just a like, oh, hey, where's the... Well, I mean, if you've been there a lot and you see her or whatever, you go at the same time, that's going to be hard. Um, uh, yeah, basically, you're just going to have to figure out an excuse to start talking to them and then read their vibes like... Um, oh, are they very open to me? Because uh, they're kind of open. That means they're not threatened or not threatened. Like as if we're like fighting shit. Uh, they're not like scared of you or trying to like keep their guard up or anything. But they probably interested in you, and you can talk to them. Uh, and then just kind of like keep yeah, keep a conversation going. It's just this idea of you gotta figure out a way in to talk to them and then keep going, as Dennis Reynolds would say, because of the implication. Uh, but none of that. But then maybe you can get the phone number and stuff like that. So you just kind of have to figure out a good excuse to talk to them, uh, figure out that situation, and uh, then you can get that. And if they're kind of, you can kind of read the room, like they're kind of trying to get away, just leave it. And if they're not, then then yeah, that's going to be the situation. That's probably going to be your best uh, solution for the situation. So I wish you the best. The best of you... Okay, next one. Platonic cuddling. Has anyone ever done it, and did it help? Read an article about how the lack of physical contact in modern society is part of the current loneliness epidemic that wreaking havoc on society. I was just curious if anyone here has ever had a cuddle buddy that was strictly platonic. Searched for older posts on the subject, and it seems like many people don't think it is really possible. The cuddle buddies they had always became romantic or were always a means to an end that would become bisexual. Uh, seeing just how many people complain that they wish someone would just give them an honest hug, I'm wondering if true platonic cuddling might help ease the crushing loneliness. 
Good question. This is an interesting subject. So I don't, I think there is a way for platonic cuddling, but here's the thing. Let's talk about straight couples for a second. The gay couples kind of in, are involved, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, women like cuddling a lot and enjoy it, but sometimes for men, we get boners. And when we get boners, it can lead to blue balls. Now, I'm definitely on the side of uh, blue balls isn't a good reason for a woman to sleep with a man. However, um, it does exist, and women should also kind of be mindful of the situation, if that makes sense, uh, because it's really painful for men to deal with and uh, be mindful. It's like, if, what, what am I doing? I don't want to have sex with this man. However, is there anything I'm doing that could give him blue balls? It's like a good medium ground right now, because the man, you do not owe that man sex. However, uh, yada, 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 um, don't give him blue balls. So... That's a good, it's a good conversation. Some, I guess some people can do it platonically, uh, but I feel like when you get to that point, you're just very lonely. Uh, when you get to, uh, yeah, for, for men, though, we eventually cuddling can lead to horniness, and that's the problem uh, with that. Women don't understand. A lot of women don't understand that, so that's why this educational podcast is here for you today to help you in regards to that. Um, moving forward, I would say, yes, it is possible However, um, saying you're a woman and you want to do it with a man, the man wants it to lead to sex. And uh, if you're the foreplay king like me and you do it right, it will. If you don't, uh, like the like Dennis Reynolds says, because of the implication. Um, but just you have to keep that in mind. Like, if you want to cuddle with a man, they're probably going to get horny. And uh, you shouldn't do that if you're not going to put out. It's, it, there's a weird yin and yang to it. I wish there was better words to describe it, but I'm that's that's my I'm that guy. So yeah. Last question we have for the day: Is it smart to choose a music career path? I'm soon to be going to study music away from home, and I really need to know if it's worth a try to make a band and just make money out of that. That's a good question. Um, in the music industry. So if you wanna if you wanna have any integrity, have your own music and shit like that. That is a horrible business model. That's the problem. If you're going to do cover bands and just playing cover bands, uh, that can that will make you money, um, just depending on if you're okay with doing that, if you're okay with that, if one day you're going to be like, I fucking hate my life, uh, if you think one day you'll get to that, then it's definitely not a good idea. It's, uh, there's a, Like I said, there's a yin and yang uh, to that situation. So uh, in music, there's a lot of things you can do. I would always say... I'm telling anyone, don't do audio production, don't do music performance, or it, music education is fine because you're teaching in schools. Uh, but uh, I would say I got music technology degree. Um, I would say the best music degree you can go for is music business because everything's going towards like a DIY type of landscape. And so knowing how the business works and knowing how you can promote an artist or promote yourself in regards to that is going to be the best strategy you do have uh, in a music career path because... Uh, if you just music performance is only going to teach you how to perform. They're not going to teach you how to make money performing. Uh, music technology is going to teach you how to record or maybe do live sound uh, and shit like that. But they're not going to teach you how to make money doing that. That's why music business is the best because the idea of going to college is to get a job that is going to make you money. And you're not going to get that in, with a job in uh, 
music performance or music production. Uh, you're only going to really understand that with music business. Now, say you want to do production, maybe take a couple of those classes, build up a, a, a resume or a, whatever the fuck they're called, a, uh, you know, just like examples or whatever for people to listen to. But uh, yeah, the, that's a good idea. But and then, but no, study the music business stuff because you want to learn how to make money while doing music. That's going to be the main focus you're going to want to do if you're going to go to any career music. That's just advice I would give my younger self. So, yeah, uh, just learn how to make money uh, doing music. That's going to be the main thing. Figure out how to do money, see what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do, and kind of figure out what you want to do from there. And with all that being said, that's the end of this episode of Cancel Sweezy, our last one of 2021, 2022. Hopefully we got more episodes coming to you, better episodes, bigger episodes. Every episode's been getting better and better from here, so I'm not sure why... Uh, we have to stop here. Hopefully 2022 is going to bring us more and more podcasts. So thank you so much for listening today to The Lord's trademark favorite podcast. Uh, like I said, go follow me on social media. That's at the Shweezy everywhere. Go follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the Shweezy. So you can check out my live streams when I play video games and uh, connect your Amazon Prime account to get a Twitch Prime account. Help us support financially. Also, our Patreon is a great way to support us financially. Great way to say Thank you for being a friend. But uh, also, don't forget the free shit you can always do. Uh, like, if you're on the YouTubes, you can always subscribe to the channel, leave a comment on especially one of the highlights, uh, letting us know what your thoughts are and where we should go from here and where I'm wrong. Like the episodes or the highlights and stuff like that and share them with your friends. Uh, but audio-only people can also go ahead and leave a review, give us a 5, 4, 3, 2, star, 1 rating, and uh, subscribe to the audio-only platforms as well so you know what's going on and how to move forward from there. So that's a great way to say thank you for being a friend as well. So I think that's how we're going to end it this year for 2021 on Cancel Sweezy. So like always, I will end it like we always do. Honk if you love butt drugs and uh, stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg is in at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Hey, look at you, hun. You just finished a full episode of Cancel Sweezy. Thank you so much. Make sure, wherever you're watching or listening to the show, that you press the subscribe button and leave us a review as well. Like always, I just want to remind you once again to stay awesome.